Pastor Brian, over the last two weeks, he preached some pretty amazing messages. Two weeks ago, he gave a message called Don't Quit, where he really encouraged us to just keep pressing forward, to not give up on the dreams and the hopes and the promises that God has given us, and to press forward no matter what we're facing, to not quit. Uh, he preached that live at Pop-Up Church in August, and he also preached it on video. You can find that on our website or our YouTube channel, or you can listen to the podcast. And then last week, he did a message uh, that was titled It Is Well. And I don't know about you, but that message really, um, it really hit me because, you know, sometimes we don't feel the comfort that we need or the comfort that we want. We don't feel that it's well, even though scripture tells us that it is well and that everything is going to be okay. We don't always feel that way. And it was just such a powerful reminder that no matter what we face, it's well because we serve the one who makes it well. And so I'd encourage you to go back Listen to both of those messages if you have not heard them. Um, I promise you they are worth your time and that God is going to bless you through those. Now, back in July when I was on vacation, I felt like the Lord gave me a message for you guys. And it always seems like whenever I go away on vacation, God will give me two or three messages. I'll just write them down in my notebook and try to figure out which one am I going to deliver and when. Um, but he gave me a message for you guys. And I actually think it ties into the two messages Pastor Brian has uh, preached these last couple of weeks pretty well. And the message I want to deliver to you today is a message called influencers. I want to talk to you about the influences in your life. See, because I think that for many of us, the reason we feel like we want to quit and the reason we feel like we don't have the comfort that we want or need in the situation that we're going through is because our lives are being influenced by the wrong people. So I want to talk to you about influence, the influencers in your life. Some of you know, I recently started a new job. I am a middle school and high school science teacher at Portsmouth Christian School. Everybody say, yay, Pastor Jay, you're crazy. Yay. No, it's all good. I love being there with the kids. We just started school this week, uh, having a great week so far and everything is going well. But being in that setting made me have a little bit of a flashback. You know, seeing all these, I call them kids, but they're not their students. Most of them are almost grown. Seeing them walk the halls of this school and seeing them come into the classroom and sit down, watching them have social interactions, just spending time with one another, made me have a flashback to my time in high school, the glory days. You know what I mean? The good old days, right? And we do that sometimes. We'll flash back to those days. But as I thought about those days, what I really thought about was how I was in an environment where the majority of the influences, the influencers in my life were good ones. I was surrounded by people who love God. I was surrounded by people who wanted to point me to Christ, people who encouraged me, people who tried to build me up, people who really cared about me and poured into me. I was surrounded by some good influences. Now, that's not to say that I was perfect or that I did everything right, because I most certainly did not. I made a lot of mistakes, but my influencers, my surrounding was good so that when I did make mistakes, I knew the path back to the right place because I had good influences in my life. You fast forward a few years after that, I moved to Maryland and I got outside of that circle and my circle flipped. My influences became not so good. And before I knew it, I found myself in some situations that I didn't want to be in. I found myself doing some things that I knew were wrong. I found myself doing some things that just a few years before I would have told you I'll never do that because my influencers at the time were keeping me on the right track. But then when I got to Maryland, I started hanging around some of the wrong people. And before you know it, I was doing some of the wrong things. Have you ever heard that saying that if you show me your friends, I'll show you your future? That was very true in my life. You could point at my friends and say, hey, this is where he's going to end up because he's living exactly like that they live. Now, something I want you to know is this. We are all influenced by someone or something 
whether we realize it or not. There are influences in your life. Some of them you may not even recognize, but they are most certainly there. There are people and things who are influencing you, whether you realize it or not. When was the last time that you took stock of your influences? When was the last time that you thought about who's influencing me? What's influencing me? Whether it's people or TV, media, whatever the case may be, what are the major influences in my life? When was the last time that you took stock of that? Because again, maybe the reason that you feel like you want to quit today or maybe the reason that you don't have the comfort that you're so desperately seeking is because you have the wrong influences in your life. We're going to be spending some time in the book of Psalm chapter one today and actually going to read through the whole chapter. It's just a few verses, so it's not super long like Psalm 119. But we're going to read through this chapter as we talk about influences and we're going to see what God's word has to say about having the right influences in our life. Now, if you have your Bible, you can go ahead and turn there. I love to carry my Bible with me, my nice paper Bible. If you're using a digital Bible like the YouVersion or app or something like that, that's great also. The scriptures are also going to be on the screen. I'm going to be reading from the ESV, but you can follow along with me. Psalm chapter one, it says this. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law. He meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season and its leaf does not wither and all that he does. He prospers. The wicked are not so but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked shall perish. Let's take a moment and break this down. But before we do, would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you uh, for your word. Thank you that your word is a lamp to our feet and a light unto our path. Lord, I pray that you would use your word to illuminate our path today, that you would use your word to illuminate our hearts that you would guide us to life in you and that we would receive your word with glad and joyful hearts, Lord. And we praise you for it in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. So Psalm chapter one, blessed is the man. That's how it starts. And if we think about our influences, that's really the key to it is we choose our influences because we want to be blessed. There are some translations of scripture that use the word happy there, but being blessed in this sense is different than just being happy. See, it's not just talking about circumstantial Happiness, this blessing that's that's being discussed here is blessing that comes from living in God's favor. Right. So blessing that living from living in God's favor, it's saying that blessed is the man. The man who does these things we're going to talk about is a man who lives in the favor of God. And because of that favor, this man is happy. And ultimately, again, that's what we really want. Right. We want to be happy. And our hope is that our influences in our life are what's going to make us happy. That's why we choose these people. That's why we listen to them, because they sound like us. They live like us. They do things that we want to do. They know things that we want to know and they live in a way that we want to live. So we allow them to influence us in our lives. So it says blessed is the man. Happy is the man because of the favor of God in his life who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. Think about this for a second. Now, there's a progression that we're going to see here, and I want to point this progression out to you. So it said, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Think about this. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, who stands not in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Do you see the progression that is there? 
This man is one who is walking, right? At first he's moving in a direction and that direction is in the counsel of the wicked. And then he gets to a point where he stands. Now he's standing in the way of the sinner. And then he gets to a point where he sits. Now he sits in the seat of the scoffer. And I want you to think about this with me for a moment, if you will. Think about this progression in the sense that you are moving through life. You are blessed because you have favor from the Lord and you're moving through life. And then all of a sudden you catch wind of something and you start walking in the counsel of the wicked. And that walk is usually one where we're just trying to find out more information. We're trying to figure out where is this thing leading? So we start following this path of information. We're walking in the counsel of the wicked. And then we get to a place where we start to stand in the way of sinners. And this means that we start doing these sinful things in our lifestyle. See, we've started walking down this path that's leading us in the way of the wicked. And now we're standing there. We're getting stuck in this place where we're with sinners because sin is overtaking our life. And then it goes on to say that nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Think about that. Have you ever seen sin do that in your life? Have you ever found yourself in a place where you were walking with Jesus, but then all of a sudden something caught your attention and you turned your gaze away from him and started looking to something else? You started following something else. And as you started walking down that road, you found yourself stuck somewhere you did not want to be. Because let me tell you, that's what the wrong influences in your life will do to you. They will leave you stuck somewhere that you don't want to be. I think back to my time in Maryland. And I left Texas. When I left Texas, I was in a good place spiritually. I was in a happy place spiritually. I was blessed like this word is talking about. I had the favor of God all my life. But then when I got to Maryland, I got enticed by some things that I should not have been enticed by. They were worldly things. They were pleasurable things. And I got enticed by them and they started to lead me down a path that I did not need to go on. I started hanging out with the wrong people, doing the wrong things. I started spending time with them, engaging in their sin. And before I knew it, I found myself stuck in a place of sin, stuck in a place I did not want to be all the time thinking to myself, God, can I get out of here? I just don't know how, because I started walking in the counsel of the wicked. Some scriptures or some translations say walking in the counsel of the ungodly. Think about that the ungodly, these people who are far away from God, these people who have no delight in him, these people who have no desire to be in a relationship with him and are not in a relationship with him, yet we allow them to be influences in our life. Is there someone in your life that you can look at right now that you know is an influence in your life? And maybe it's a relationship that started with you intent on influencing them for good, but you found yourself being influenced by them for evil. I want you to think about that for a moment as we go on in this message, because I want you to point out these influences in your life. And then hopefully the, the, the end result will be that we turn our gaze, that we turn our eyes back towards the Lord. It said, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of the sinner, nor sits in the seat of the scoffer. It goes on to say, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. His delight is in the law of the Lord. And on that law, he meditates day and night. Talking about that blessed man when it says that his delight is in the law of the Lord is talking about the man who is blessed, happy and favored of the Lord. That word delight means to take pleasure in. It becomes your joy. It becomes your focus. It's the thing that you long for. So his delight is in the law of the Lord and the law of the Lord is God's word is his commands. So is that where you find yourself today, where you are delighting in the law of the Lord, where you take delight in his commands? Do you eagerly wake up every day and say, Lord, I can't wait 
to just dive into your word. I can't wait to dig into your word to see what you have for me. Or is God's word the hindrance to the things that you're trying to do in your life right now? And if that's you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, you're the person that I'm talking to. There's something that's tempting you right now. There's something that's drawing you away from God right now. And God's word is the thing that's hindering you. It's why you don't want to walk through the doors of a church. It's why you don't want to pick up his word. It's why you don't want to pray because you've allowed the enemy to use guilt and condemnation to keep you away from God. But God says that you can be blessed if you delight in his word. He says that you can be blessed, that you can have favor from him if you delight in his word. But you found yourself in a place where you want to do anything but that because you've been walking in the counsel of the wicked. You found yourself standing in the way of the sinner and maybe even you're sitting in the seat of the scoffer today. I want to encourage you. There is hope for you. There is a a plan and a path back for you. There is a place for you in the house of God. You're his child. He wants you to come home and he will welcome you with open arms. But you have to stop walking in the way that you're going. So if you're that person who can't take delight in God's word right now, be encouraged. Today is the day for you to turn that around where you can take delight in his word, where you can start walking back towards him. And it says that on the law, this man meditates on God's law. This man meditates day and night. Now, I talked to my students this week about what that means, that word meditate. And, you know, oftentimes when we think about meditate, we get the mental picture, you know, of the person who's sitting down and they have their hands like this and they're humming or whatever the case may be. And that's not what this is talking about. This is talking about the person who, when you meditate on God's word, is talking about thinking on it, processing it, ruminating on it, letting it build up inside of you and not letting it go. It's telling you that throughout the day. You constantly think about his law day and night. It says here day and night. You're thinking about God's word and you allow his word to take root in your heart. And it causes you to be built up and encouraged. And it gives you the faith that you need to walk the right path, the blessed path, if you will, and not follow the way of the wicked. Look at the result that it says about the the blessed man here. It says that he's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season and its leaf does not wither. And all that he does, he prospers. And isn't that what we really want, if we're being honest? Isn't that why we choose our influences, if we're being honest? Because we want to prosper. We want to be blessed. We want to be rooted. We want to be strong. We want to be secure. So we tend to follow people that we think are that way, right? There's something that they're giving off that says about them, this this person is prosperous. This person is secure. This person is rooted in what they are doing. So we start to follow the path that they lay out when God is calling us to follow his word. And when was the last time you took stock of your influences? And I don't mean just took stock of what they believe politically. I don't believe I don't mean just taking stock of what they look like racially. I mean, taking stock of who they are as people. Do they line up with God's word? Are they God's people? Are they his children? Have they been chosen? Are they being sanctified by his Holy Spirit? Are they being led by his Holy Spirit? Because let me tell you something, church. The enemy speaks through people, too. Satan speaks through people, too. And if you're not careful, you'll find yourself being led by somebody who's not being led by your Lord. And that's a dangerous place to find yourself. Because, again, I know that ultimately what we want is we want to be rooted Ultimately, what we want is we want to be secure. We want to be prosperous and we're following people. We're listening to voices because we think that they're going to influence us and lead us to where we want to be. And oftentimes we struggle with this because we don't meditate on God's word. 
We struggle with this because we're not being led by a spirit. We struggle with this because we've chosen to walk in the counsel of the wicked as opposed to meditating on God's law day and night. And so consequently, we find ourselves just like the next verse, verse number five, where it says the wicked are not so or verse number four. I'm sorry. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Now, back to a mental picture here. I get mental pictures about everything. And when I think about this, this verse talking about chaff that the wind drives away, the picture that comes to mind for me is this tumbleweed. You ever watch old Westerns? I used to watch these old Westerns with my grandmother. And in the Western, there was always this piece of tumbleweed, this piece of rolled up hay or something that the wind would blow and you would just see this, this tumbleweed roll through town, right? And you'd hear the run around music in the background and all that stuff. But the tumbleweed would roll through ground and whichever way the wind blew, that's the direction that the tumbleweed would go. And many of you, that's where you are. You feel like every time a new piece of information comes out, you change directions. You feel like every time the next best thing comes out, you're doing something new. You don't feel really rooted or really grounded in anything. You feel like you're just being blown to and fro by every wind of doctrine that comes to light. But let me tell you something. That's a wicked way to live. It is. And I'm just being honest with you. We can't live that way. God tells us in the book of James that when we ask God for something, we shouldn't doubt because one who doubts is like a double minded person, unstable in all their ways. We don't want to be unstable. We don't want to be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. We want to stand firm on God's word. We want to believe in his promises. We want to believe that we have what we ask for when we ask according to his will and not doubt, not be double minded, not be tossed to and fro. And for some of you, you find yourself in a place today where you're not very sure about what's happening in the world around you. You're not really sure about what's going on. You don't feel very stable or very secure. Consequently, you want to quit. You don't have the comfort that you need. And again, it comes back to being influenced by the wrong things or the wrong people. You're not feeling very secure. You feel like that tumbleweed. But I want you to have surety in the God that you serve. I want you to have security in the God that you serve. I want you to know that you can pick up his word, that you can study his word, that you can stand firm on his promises, that you can believe what it says about you and to you. And as you stand firm on that, you can stand on solid ground with a sure footing and not be blown around by every wind of doctrine. There is always going to be the next thing to come out to try to scare you, to steal your faith, to distract you to lead you down a wrong path. And if you allow yourself to be influenced by those things, you're going to live in a life of fear. You're going to live a life of doubt. You're going to live a life of worry. You're going to want to quit. You're going to want to give up. And like I said earlier, let me tell you this, the enemy, the same way that God wants to speak through you and me, Satan wants to speak through his people. And if you're not careful, you're going to find yourself being influenced by someone who's being influenced by the devil. All throughout the New Testament, Jesus talked about uh, unity in the church. Even when Jesus prayed the night before he was crucified, he prayed that we would be one as he and the father are one. He prayed for our unity as a body of believers. If you read further in the New Testament, as a, the Apostle Paul was helping churches be established, he wrote in the book of Ephesians in chapter four that we need to have unity. He urged us to walk in the unity of the spirit of God. In Colossians, he tells us that we are one body, that we have one Lord, that we are supposed to be one in Christ. It's all about unity. But the enemy wants to use confusion to create disunity and to drive us away from what God has called us to do. He wants to get our eyes off the mission. He wants to get our eyes off of the prize that God has called us towards. 
And the way that he seems to be doing that right now is by dividing us by race, by politics, by vaccines, by all this other stuff that he wants to use to take our eyes off the prize. And you may be thinking, Jay, why are you bringing this up? I thought you said you don't talk politics and messages. And I don't. This is purely scripture right here. What I'm about to give you is that you need to keep your eyes on Jesus. Stop looking around at all the things that are going on in the world around you. Should we should we ignore the world? Absolutely not. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. We have a citizenship in heaven. We have a kingdom, the kingdom of heaven that we belong to. And our eyes need to be solely fixed on our king. He should be the primary influencer in your life. He should be the primary influencer in my life. And also often we get all spun up. We get all worked up about all these things that happen in a kingdom that are not ours. This kingdom, this world is not our home. And we get so worked up about the things that happen here on earth that we miss out on what our heavenly father wants to do in us and through us because we've allowed the enemy to distract us. We start following the wrong influences. We need to get our eyes back on Jesus. We need to fix our gaze back upon him. We need to get back in line with his word. We need to get in step with his word and be who he has called us to be. And then we can go out and guide the world to life in Christ. We can go out and change the world as a body of believers who are unified under one Lord, one faith, one baptism. We can be the church, the capital C church and seven cities church that God has called us to be when we walk in unity because we make him our priority and we allow him to be our primary influencer. When was the last time you took stock of who's influencing you in your life? Are you following people who are following the Lord? Are you following people who are guiding you to life in Christ? Or are you listening to people that you've never taken stock in, listening to people that you're not even sure who they represent? If you take stock of where you are today, if you take stock of who, who you are allowing to lead you in your life today and you find that that person is not representing your king, I would encourage you right now, right here, this moment today to let that go. Again, we are in this world, but we're not of the world. That doesn't mean that you need to cut off all your friends. It doesn't mean that you need to disassociate with everyone in your life. But what it does mean is you need to take stock and you need to give people a rank almost. You need to give proper ranking to people based on who they're following. You can't follow just everyone because Satan's intent is to lead you away from Christ. You need to make sure that the influences in your life are people who are guiding you to life in Christ. Look what this, this passage goes on to say about the wicked. It says, therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. I don't know about you. I don't want to follow someone that's going to perish. I don't want to follow someone who is going to lead me away from the security and the safety that I have in my Lord Jesus Christ. I don't want to follow someone who is going to lead me down a path I don't want to go. And this really is all about a choice, y'all. It's really all about a very simple choice. The choice is either we take life in Christ or we take death under the wrong influence. It's a very simple choice. We follow life in Christ or we have death under the influence, under the wrong influences. And the choice is yours. And God has already laid out for you things in his word. He says, if you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. That means that he will influence you. He says, if you meditate on my word, if you abide in my word, my word will abide in you. That means that he will influence you. He says that if you walk according to my spirit and not according to your flesh, that you are a son or a daughter of God. That means that he will influence you. He will be your primary influencer. Where are you at today? 
Are you walking according to God's spirit or are you living according to your flesh? Are you following his word? Are you obeying his commands? Are you that blessed man, that man who's happy because of the favor of the Lord, because you delight in his law day and night? Or are you a person who's following your own law or man's law, the world's law? Who are you following today? Who is the primary influencer in your life? You know, I talked about my time when I was younger and how, excuse me, my time when I was younger and how I kind of got off track. Like I had a good foundation. I had a solid foundation. I was following the Lord. And then I got off track. I started following some wrong influences in my life. And during that time, I got away from the Lord. And I spent about seven years outside of God's will for my life. I spent seven years of, of pursuing the wrong things, being caught in the wrong situations, doing some wrong things, having lifelong consequences because of those things. And I spent seven years away from my Lord and my Savior and my King. All the while I was convicted, I knew what I was doing was wrong. It was almost like that prodigal son kind of moment where I had wandered off and I was squandering things, but then the Lord called me back to himself. And when he called me back to himself, the very first thing that he did in my life was he changed my circle of influence because he knows and he understands that, it, that we're going to be moved by what we're influenced by. He changed my circle of influence. And for some of you, and this is my challenge for you today. You need to take a look at your circle of influence, not just the people in your life but the shows that you watch, the music that you listen to, the podcasts you listen to, the books you read, the articles you read, all of those things have influence in your life whether you realize it or not. And again, I'm not asking you to dissociate yourself from the world. I'm not asking you to start living like you're not living in the world. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. I want you to be influenced by God and his spirit and his word. Let them be the primary influences in your life so that you can live a blessed life, a life that's happy, with the favor of God. It doesn't mean that everything's perfect. It doesn't mean you're not gonna face trial and turmoil, but what it does mean is that when you face a storm, you can have peace instead of being blown around by every wind of doctrine. It does mean that when you get a bad report that you don't quit, but you find comfort in Jesus and God who is the source of all comfort. It doesn't mean that your marriage is gonna be perfect tomorrow, but it does mean that you can stand firm on his word that's told you the kind of husband to be, that's told you the kind of wife to be so that you can have a marriage that, that acts and lives according to God's word. See, it's all about influence, y'all. And I once heard somebody say that leadership is influence. So whoever's influencing you is really who's leading you. Are you being led by the spirit of God or are you being led by a person who doesn't have your best interest at heart, who's not intent on guiding you to life in Christ? Now, we're all going to have influence in this, influences in this life. We are all influenced by something, whether we realize it or not. My question for you today is who or what is influencing you? Make sure that you're being influenced by the Lord, by his Holy Spirit, and that you're being led to life in Christ, that you're growing in him each and every day. And watch what he will do in you and through you. Can I pray for you, church? Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your people. And I thank you for your word, Lord. I thank you that your word is a lamp to our feet and a light unto our path. Father, I pray that you would challenge us with with the things that we're being influenced by. I pray that you would challenge us to take stock of who or what is influencing us today, Father, and help us to follow the right influences, Lord. Help us to not give up. Help us to find peace and to find comfort in you as we're led by your spirit, as we're influenced by your word, as we live a life that's pleasing to you. You said right here in your word, Lord, that, that we are blessed when we delight in your word, that when we meditate on it day and night, we'll be like a tree planted by a river of water 
that will bring forth fruit in season. And everything that we put our hands to will prosper, that we will grow, Lord, and we will grow in faith in you. So, Father, I pray that your word will reign true in our lives. I pray that the seed of your word would be planted and take root in our hearts, and you would be glorified in us and through us. And, Lord Jesus, it's in your name I pray. Amen. Hey, church.